Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome into another episode of the penny bloom podcast his i colton robertson and i am joined today by joseph george what's up homie what up what up always glad to be here always a pleasure always glad to have you buddy and we are continuing our journey through 52 years of film 1970 through 2022 uh and you know interestingly enough we're hitting 1982, but we're also we're we're also hitting 2019. Mm-hmm. Somehow, uh, we're talking Blade Runner, Blade Runner today, which uh, is an interesting movie. It was it's one that I uh, had never seen before, had obviously heard a lot about, and uh, because I mean now we've had Blade Runner 2049. And I never watched that, but I've heard it's awesome. And now, since I've watched this, I'll almost certainly be viewing that. Uh, you said you watched Blade Runner on Netflix. I did. The final cut. Okay. Um, I watched the final cut as well. I watched it on HBO Max. Ah. So, that's interesting. I think, uh, weirdly enough, I think about a year ago I watched it on HBO Max. And then now, this time, it, I just... uh. Like on my thing, my remote has like a little microphone, and I just said Blade Runner, and it was like the first thing to pop up. So I, I just, uh, that's why. Well, I'm- I was I was just questioning because uh, there's apparently been seven different versions of this movie, Whoa. and the definitive version is the final cut. So I, I was making sure that we both watched the <laughs> final cut because apparently there are seven different versions of this movie. Wow, which is uh, kind of absurd, and I'm assuming. Six of those aren't available at this point. Like they're probably just like the final cuts, the final cut, the way that you can't really access, you know, like the Star Wars original trilogy unless you're paying gobs of money mm-hmm. uh, prior to the special editions and stuff. But uh, man, this was a this was a pretty this was a pretty good one. I uh, I was concerned for a lot of the movie, kind of slow, kind of slow a little bit at several mm-hmm. points. Uh, but it was always very visually stimulating, which is always what which is always what kept me in it. Uh, let me lay the groundwork real quick. Sorry, I went I went on and on for a second. <laughs> uh, Blade Runner released June twenty fifth, nineteen eighty two, directed by Ridley Scott and written by Hampton Fancher and David Peoples, based on the uh, novel "Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep," which is pretty much the dopest title for a novel I've ever heard in my life. That is pretty. Um, I kind of want to read that book now. I do too. Uh, yes, starring Harrison Ford. And Harrison Ford, a couple of couple of good weeks in a row for Harrison Ford here with Raiders of the Lost Ark and Blade Runner. Uh, it's, I mean, in a couple of weeks before that apocalypse now, he's uh, popping up all over in these was, late 70s, early 80s movies. Was there a little hint or like a nod to his Raiders uh, role with the snake 
uh, the, he thought it was a fish scale, but then it ended up being a snake scale. Mm-hmm. And then when the lady told him that it's like, this is not a fish, it's a snake. And he said, snake? Like he kind of, uh, he was like, snakes? And then, you know, funny. It, didn't, it didn't matter the rest of the movie. You know, it was just that, that was it. I thought it, I thought it might've been like a little, uh, well, I, I feel like, Raiders role. I feel like we see nods to like anything Star Wars and Indiana Jones and all these things because they're kind of connected at this point with Harrison Ford being mm-hmm. the prota- a protagonist in all of them. And there are overt homages and influences in multiple spots. Like, I don't know if you think uh, 2019 L.A. looks like anything in the Star Wars universe, but boy, oh boy, did I think that shit looked like Coruscant. Uh, That's what I was thinking the whole time. The whole time. I feel like that influenced the shit out of George Lucas in the prequel trilogy in terms of a vision for Coruscant, which is just really cool, and I like being able to make these sorts of connections to a universe that was already so rich to me because Mm -hmm. now it's making it even more rich just through other films' influence, which is awesome. Yeah, they really focused on the city too, like for a lot of shots. Um, there was like a lot of this movie was just camera way back or then like flying in the, you know, the cop car going through the city or just. And I'm not going to lie to you, yeah. man. It didn't seem like it was about much else at mm-hmm. points. Because mm-hmm. uh, there are like stretches of this movie where it feels like nobody talks. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you you have to pick it all up through subtext. It's kind of like nothing is overtly said that should direct you in the right direction as to what is happening. It's just all happening. And uh, Emily was watching this with me as she was getting ready for work this morning. And she was like, what the fuck is even happening? Like, and I absolutely get that because I was really, really kind of clueless at several points. Uh, I had suspicions about what was happening. I was like, maybe what I'm thinking is right. Mm. Uh, And then, like, they did a pretty good job of wrapping up any of those thoughts for me, like tying tying the knot, making sure I was all in and I understood. But I don't know if, like, this is just me expecting more out of this movie or something, but, like, I didn't just expect it to be, oh, there's replicants on Earth and Harrison Ford plays the guy who has to kill them. And that's literally it. I thought it was going to be like, uh, oh, they're becoming way more human-like. Maybe we shouldn't kill them. You know, I thought there was going to be like this whole, you know, maybe we shouldn't kill replicants anymore. Like whole Westworld, you know, conversation basically. I, I think that was what they were kind of getting at towards the end of the movie. But it's another one of those things that comes like subtext they're not going to say it it was just kind of like because when harrison ford does kill one of the replicants he like clearly feels sorrowful about it like oh he's yeah like, the like you can definitely tell within harrison ford's character development that he himself is going through like like whoa these are like very human like that they're not very different from us at all um this is weird you know my whole life has been killing these things like makes sense for him to like start to realize and and stuff but i thought it was gonna be like uh i don't know i guess i was expecting 
like the Tyrell Corporation to have a way bigger role in this. You know, like I th- I thought it was going to be more of Harrison versus the Tyrell Corporation than him just like going out and killing them. But well, uh, and I do think that's part of the like weird message behind this movie. I think they're going more less for a they are becoming more human and more that the humans aren't so far off from just being drones. Mm. You know, like, they're all shells of this Tyrell Corporation. Everyone's doing something at the behest of them and not really doing anything of meaning to them. Like, we don't see much difference in Harrison Ford's character, Deckard, than we do any of the... Uh, what were they called? Replicants. Replicants. That's right. Mm. Uh, hmm. And there's several theories abode that is our boy himself a replicant. And they I say it to him. So. I mean, uh, like it said to him, "Hey, this this whatever something test. Have you ever taken it yourself? You know, like like is I think." Uh, I think Rachel says that too. Yeah, Rachel did. Yeah, like, uh, have you have you taken this test yourself? And uh, well, there's that one little shot where he he says like he's talking to Rachel and she's like, "If you let me go, will you hunt me down and try to kill me?" He says, "No, I wouldn't. I owe you one." And he walks behind her and he says, "But somebody would." Mm -hmm. And his eyes are glowing the same way hers are glowing. And I was like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, that. I like how they gave like a subtle, you know, it's very subtle to tell the difference between like a replicant and, and like a human in this movie. And it's like just the eyeball, you know, like with the owl, you know, had right. the same shine and like th- that shine in the eyeball. Like, it, is that something that is just like for camera, like for the audience or do you like do replicants eyes legitimately look differently like in the universe you know i think their eyes do look differently or like if they're hit by a certain light they look differently uh but i can't really say for sure it just overall overall the movie kind of it didn't pose more questions than it answered but the answers weren't as fulfilling as i would have hoped you know what mm. i'm saying like it's just kind of like you really, really got to pick part. You got to really think about it for it to, and like, I'm okay with that. You know, Ridley Scott likes you to really get up in your noggin and think about what's happening. Uh, hmm. But all in all, I thought this movie uh, was more about the visuals uh, and the visual effects than anything else. Like, this was a beautiful, beautiful film. Like, it looked wonderful. Oh yeah, that the uh, just the shot, like not even just the like landscape shots or landscape, like the citywide shots, um, where it's just showing the shit. Like obviously those, like that's beautiful and stuff, but like even um, whenever that one replicant um that he's chasing like smashes through like a lot of glass, like through some mm. display cases, and like she falls in snow, like just like uh, I don't know, it was very. It was just a very beautiful movie. Like in, it was just even... visually stimulating because, like, like I said, there are stretches where no one's talking. Like the point of it is to watch what is unfolding, and 
that's mostly like you don't need to know more than what you're seeing at points, which uh, is an interesting way to make a movie, you know, and like it was effective. Like, you, you know, I get it. Not much happens, you know, like uh, he's like we have him ordered to kill these replicants. He right. starts killing them. And only one of them really gives him the heart, like a hard time, you know, like every other one that he comes in contact with dies pretty like right then and there. Right. Um, yeah, it, it's like very like when, whenever you kind of take a step back and really like look at what happened, not much, like a lot, like I wonder if you take out the visual shots, how much of this movie's left, like, um, I think uh, I think it poses a lot of philosophical kind of questions about uh, like the potential development of AI and you know if we do get to this point with robotics at what point are they not just alive and you know they get they get into that in Westworld and stuff and uh, you haven't seen Westworld season three yet have you but mm-hmm. this is more the question they start. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like Westworld season three is another one that is very influenced by Blade Runner. And it's like kind of questions like how different are they? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, not just are robots becoming more human, but are the humans more like robots? I think and, uh, the whole time I was watching this, I, uh, like would just love if, well, not love, but I thought like a twist that could happen, like in this movie is what I was thinking. Like, Okay, mm. one twist I was thinking is that um, the Tyrell Corporation, they have these super, super good replicants that they're basically already human-like. And mm. I was thinking that, like, okay, probably a lot of the population of Earth is replicant, but not – they don't, like, know it. Like, I, I, I would have – like, I thought that was going to be a twist that came out is that, like, Rachel isn't the only, like, replicant that didn't know she was a replicant, like, to begin gotcha. with. I thought, I, like, like, I thought it was going to be – these Nexus six and Nexus seven were just steps to get people comfortable with replicants being so human like to then the Tyrell Corporation being like, Oh yeah, by the way, so half of the population of is replicants and you've been living with them the, like this entire time. I thought that what, was gonna happen, but And it's also really interesting the like what's the morality of giving them a four year lifespan? Uh, like, yeah. Like, if they can think and they can live of course, they'll resent you for only giving them four years to live. Like, like duh. I think, like, just telling them that they'll die in any specific amount of time, even if you gave them, right. like, 60, like, them knowing like that they will it? die, like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, that's, I guess they have to be, because, like, if you're genetically engineered and stuff, like... Wouldn't they just be immortal, basically? Like, they're immortal if not given a limit? I don't know. No, I, don't, I guess I don't know how the science they're... works with these, you know, if they're, like, truly just genetic, you know? Like, uh... True. But, yeah, that... No, no, no one's gonna be happy, you know? Like, the robots, like, whenever we make them, they're not gonna be happy, like, with what we've set for them. Like, it... What... It's... It's just very weird because, like, this conversation is becoming way more and more of, like, a legitimate, like, it could be, like, within our lifetimes. 
like yeah. that this stuff actually starts to happen like at at the smallest level which is wild but well i mean like i thought like I was thinking as I was watching this because it's set in 2019, you know, like we've lived 2019 now and it's, it's fascinating to see like, that's what, what they thought the, it was going to be. Yeah. Well, like it was a potentiality. Like mm-hmm. it's uh and like, it's not like, it's obviously a dramatic interpretation of it, but like, you know, corporations running the shit, uh, people living real, real down bad. Like it's not, it's not far off from what, like sociopolitically, I'm assuming is mm-hmm. uh, modern now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it That's was. Uh, yeah, I guess it, it's. I was thinking about that and like how Westworld is set like in the 2040s, 50s ish, and it's like I was like, no way, we have that by then. Something like that by then. That's the thing with technology, though, is that it's, it's exponential. Like yeah, I was like, but what could we? That's in because Blade Runner. Okay, it's made in the eighties, so they're thinking almost forty years into the future, basically. And then with Westworld, it was made twenty fifteen, basically forty years thinking into the future. So it's always like, in forty years, will we have this? Is like the question, basically, like because they're yeah. they all like jump that far ahead. Um. But the difference is the 40 years from the 80s to the 2020 is way different than the 40 years are going to be from 2020 to 2060. Like much, much more technology will come out in 2020 to 2060 than the previous. Like technology evolves at a rapid, at an exponential scale. So once we start it, like once we have the first, like, replicant or first um oh god i'm blanking what do they call them in westworld freaking hosts hosts yeah whenever we have the first one from that point it's like in two years or like three years it'll be like full you know like yeah just who knows what the world's gonna be like in 40 years like that's that's a long time for stuff to evolve that reminds me of some stuff i've been seeing on the internet where it's like 2022 to 2000 is 2000 to 1978. And I was like, in in the amount of years, yes, but not in terms of the leaps we've made you gotta, technologically. Like, before the internet, the internet was like the thing that kicked everything into gear. Like, in my opinion, like once the and internet that comes, hit that comes between 1978 and 2000. So like the internet hits, like things start developing rapidly, but then the iPhone, like from the iPhone on is just technology has gotten crazy from that point. Like computers were like big rooms, you know, huge, crazy, like massive things. When the iPhone came out, it was a touchscreen phone that you could put in your pocket. It was insane. Like, people couldn't understand it. And then from that point, like, we were so mind-blown that companies had to blow our minds every year to get us to buy stuff. So it's like just – I think, like, the internet is the biggest. But then, like, from the iPhone, from, like, that point, technology has just rapidly just gone. Just – 
Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, and there's, and again, there's just no telling where we'll be at any, like, flying cars. What the fuck? When's that coming? When we getting that? It's just not viable. You got to go really fast to take off, unless we have some easy levitating, you know, way to just, you know, like the Jetsons, you know? Yeah. Uh, And, like, landing, you can't just, like... <laughs> Like, imagine if you had to, like, take off, like, an airplane in a flying car, you know? Like, imagine if you couldn't just hop in this, like, their cop cars and just... Yeah. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, that is that is bullcrap. Like, they pre- they've been predicting flying cars since, like, forever ago, and we still don't got them, you know? You'd think we'd, we'd have something close to it by now. Well, there was a point where, like, in the 1950s, they thought, like... It wasn't far off then. Like <laughs> they've true. always, they've always thought flying cars were around the corner, and it's like, what are you, what are you thinking that for? Yeah, I guess that just comes with. I think the like the like, curiosity of the human condition. Yeah, it's always just like, yeah, we'll have it. You know, like that's something that we'll just have. But people like people aren't comfortable with like saying that it's going to take 200 years for something to happen, you know? Cause that's just like, they'll be long dead. Their kids will be long dead. So it's like, it's just weird to say that. Like, I hope we have flying cars within the next 200 years. Cause like, what does that mean to you? You know, like, uh, yeah, exactly. It doesn't really mean much. So like, I guess it makes sense to be just hopeful that it's going to happen in your lifetime, but we only live to be a hundred about, you know, and that's a, that's that's killing it. That's a like, good. That's, that's a good. good. So that's, like, that's in the high end. You don't. We don't really live that long on the grand scheme of things, like technology wise. But but you never know. And that's kind I'm of only what a Blade fifth, Runner. Hopefully, through my life, like a fifth. I still got four fifths left. Hopefully, you know, hopefully. or I'm like a fourth through. I'm thinking. I'm thinking like, like a quarter, probably. Like for me, maybe I hope. Hope none less than true. that. True. I guess. Yeah. I, I hope I'm at. I guess yeah, but uh, I guess yeah. Like, I don't know these. I love like these movies that get you to just ponder. You know, like that's that's like the point. It's visually beautiful. You go in to watch a good movie, but then like you're just supposed to think. This it gets you thinking of the future and crazy stuff that's to come. But, well, and I, I think it, it poses like a really interesting conundrum as that has come up with all of our explorations of AI at some point where it's like, if they become sentient, what's the morality of treating them like less than human at a point, mm-hmm. you know, and I think Westworld addresses that a lot. And I think uh, uh, most stuff that has ever involved humanoid robots has kind of addressed it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, very, I, very... I wonder, like, what is the differentiating factor between a human and a host? Like, like what what would make some some robot pass the, pass the threshold of, like, we can't just kill it like a robot, you know? Or, like, we can't just treat it... You know, like, what is that threshold? Is it just yeah. consciousness? Like, is that the threshold? Like, if something is truly conscious and can think for itself, like, 
because we treat like a squirrel, even though like, you know, people probably, sh- you know, like kill squirrels without thinking of it, but like you still would treat like a squirrel different than like a PS4 controller, you know, like, like you would still be like, okay, yeah, like I don't really, you know, care about squirrels that much, but like it's way worse to kill a squirrel than to chuck a PS4 controller on the ground. Right. But like if this controller one day had an AI bot in it that could think for itself and have emotions and feelings, like, do I still, like, I still would rather save the squirrel, but like, it th- What's like, the morality of chucking your PS4 controller at that at point? At that point, yeah. I'm, I'm not as comfortable just chucking my controller now because, like, I don't know. Like, I think consciousness... That's, a, that's abuse at that yeah, point. like, I think it's consciousness. Like, that's the differentiating factor. Right. Um, But it, like... God, if you had a conscious PS4 controller, that thing is just bound to fucking hate you, right? Pro- definitely. You're just pushing just its buttons it. all literally. You're all literally yeah, pushing like, its buttons. Damn. I I just can't for the life of me, like why would we create human looking slaves? You know? Like if we were to do it, like why would we make them look like us? Like if we're like in this universe, they're used for slavery, like yeah, off world used for slavery, not allowed on earth even at all. Like uh, if and that's what they were designed for. Why? Like, would we make them look like us? Like uh, it has to be like a power thing. Yeah. Like I, if in our world, like, I'm curious to what they will be designed for initially. Like, if it is, like, legitimate slavery, basically, like, do we make them look like us initially? We don't. Like, uh, we make them look as robotic as possible. Like, uh, right. I think, like, just in, in our real world. But then if something were to come along the lines of, like, a Westworld park or, like, an entertainment, it would make sense nah, to make them look like It's horrifying, bro, yeah, like, because, like... The things that happen in sci-fi, like, obviously, like, the, the whole quote, like, science fiction is the pre- precursor to science fact. Uh, it's horrifying whenever really, really rich motherfuckers are like, hmm, have y'all seen Terminator? What if we, what if we were the company who built that? Yeah, that's it's like, wait, robot why dog. would you want that? Yeah, like that, that robot dog, that company that strapped a gun to it. You know, like, have you seen that picture? Yeah. Like, imagine that, imagine an army of those things, you know, like. I hope there hasn't been uh, any major developments in this department in the next, uh, the next few months. We need a Tony Stark. You know, we need a guy to realize that all these weapons are going to really bad people. And we need, uh, I don't know, we need someone to get stuck in a cave uh, with a bunch of terrorists and all of his weapons are there. He built this in a cave. Yeah. Lots of, of scraps. We need we need one of them to save us for like a reality like Blade Runner or you know something along this line because the world doesn't seem very fun uh, outside of the whole replicant problem. Like no eternal darkness. Uh, it's always raining. Um, your only lights seem to be neon. 
which mm-hmm. looks pretty for a time, but I'm assuming at some point has to become bothersome. Uh, Probably smells bad. It's a oh, lot of people. You know, that's a and, lot. Of you know, people. it's it's really cool that like with the technology to develop like the flying cars and stuff, it seems like our skyscrapers would tower in comparison to what they are now. Like it looks like everything looks like a pyramid practically. Like mm-hmm. it's, which is cool. Like the, the architectural advancement was dope, but it's like at a point, what's too much, you know, like, what becomes a Coruscant, an entirely city planet. Where's, where's the greenery? Where's I was the... wondering like with the, uh, like we saw the inside of the Terrell corporation guys, like apartment or, house whatever you want to call it like penthouse we saw the inside of his thing and then we that his like a uh, his opponent the other genetic engineer i, f- I forget his name but the guy who had yeah. like the duck man and like you know uh all those guys like we saw his house like they have a lot of space like uh and I, i'm wondering if like everyone like has this like big of like a place you know like because this guy didn't seem like he had a whole lot of money like his place was beat down, yes, but like it was like a mansion still, you know, like uh Yeah, like it was it was a big place. So even like even with all this space that you're given, like uh I don't know, like I feel like this is a very common looking up like place for a lot of people. Like I do too, down, and like, I think yeah. it's also important that we never see anyone who lives with somebody else. I think everyone lives alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah. Nobody, nobody lives with anybody else. No one was uh, married. Like no one had like a husband or you know like. Uh, yeah, none of that ever came up. Probably because they're all freaking replicants that don't live for only four years. J.F. Sebastian was that his name? Mm-hmm. What a guy! Was it J.F. Sebastian or Sebastian J.F. or Sebastian? It was. It was- like I think, I think it was, it was JF, JF Sebastian. Sebastian. Yeah, 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 yeah. JF Sebastian. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Uh, that poor guy just. Yeah, JF Sebastian. Yeah. Gaslit into helping the robots. He just designed like, eyes, man. Or no, that was like, the, that was the guy in the igloo. He was the he was the genetic. Yeah, never mind. He was the full genetic. Oh, you're yeah. our best friend, our only friend. Ooh, help us. Mm-hmm. The man, robot uh, bro. uh. Roy, the guy who played Roy, the main dude, the main replicant, like yeah, Roy, he had to uh, like the end, like where he's just like monologuing, you know, like he was like he played that well, like uh, he was oh very well, yeah, yo, was, and I loved that last moment because it was a it was a surprising turn of like faith for the for AI, like kind of a death is inevitable sort of thing so mm-hmm. why fight it kind mm-hmm. of but also kind of a maybe if i impact you here you can do something else about it like there's there's levels to the shit here mm-hmm. oh. uh, and i i really liked i really liked that ending where he does end up saving him because i feel like that should like i was to make another Marvel connection. I know we do this every week where we're always, always the Marvel and star Wars brains working. 
this is kind of what I would have expected of a Deviants and Eternals conflict mm. coming to a head in. Like, yo, we're not all that different. I'm so sorry about this. We're just going to go somewhere else. If y'all can, like, build us a ship and send <laughs> us off to our own planet, that'd be dope. Uh, yeah, and the uh, the other part of the ending where he gets the girl, you know, uh, they get to be together, basically. His friend saying, you know, yeah, she'll die, whatever, die, you know, they all die, you know, like, basically just, was that his way of saying, like, you can have the girl? And, like, or did he realize it, you know? Like, was, I I think he was just saying, like, okay, like, yeah, we, I won't say anything, like, just go, go ahead and leave with her. But, like, I think it was also kind of calling into attention that, like, uh, when he was, like, we all die, Mm. I think, I just kind of read that as, like, a philosophically, like, yeah, bruh, I don't think you should feel guilty about whatever the fuck you want to do to this robot. All right, uh, they die, we all die. All right, deuces. I Have see. fun. Yeah, he, uh, uh, yeah, their relationship, uh, Rachel and and uh, Deckard. Deckard's relationship is just weird. Like it, got, it gets off to a a weird, 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 uncomfortable start that I don't really know what to make of. Uh, I still don't either like i'm still pretty clueless what it was trying to do if she is a replicant if you tell a replicant to do something do they just do it like her she's different from like the uh the others i'd say yeah like she's very different and like part of me like because harrison ford literally is like uh uh, say that you love me, say that, you know, you want me, say you want me to put your, like, my hands on you, and, like, she does, and, like, there's part of me that's thinking that, like, it's just her hardwired, like, like, she has to comply, so she is, you know? Um, it, it, I mean, it's very forced, it didn't feel like she was wanting it at all, like, uh, in my opinion. No, yeah, like, like she's literally if, running if out at the door. any point, um, if at any point you like shove a woman and push her up against a wall and force yourself on her, you're in the wrong. Like, were we I'd supposed say. to be thinking that this was a romantic moment? Is that what they were going for? I think so, and I'm just not feeling it. Yeah, like this was not romantic at all. Like, uh, Because, like, I did some reading, like, afterwards just to, like, see because this was one of the more interesting, like, it was one of the scenes that I was most curious about because by the end of the movie they're treating it like it's, like, kind of a normal relationship and, like, it was just something that happened. And so I was like, okay, what the fuck was that then? Because that didn't feel right to me. Uh, And I look into it and everyone just, all they have to say about it is that they fell in love. And I was like, y'all glossing over a really important scene for that whole that whole relationship, and I don't quite understand it. It felt like to me that like she was forced into it and just complied, 
Like I think Harrison actually like or Harrison. I'm a, like I always refer to him as here. Deckard. I think Deckard actually developed like feelings for her. Um, I do too. And like specifically like whenever he figures out she's a replicant and like sh- he feels terrible for her and he's like damn like this sucks and like talking to her like I I could see how you know they develop like feelings there. Um but then it everything's thrown off like with this scene like uh it was progressing like i thought it was you know and i thought like i don't know i I guess i don't know what i thought was going to happen but this was not what i thought was going to happen that's for no yeah like i expected it to culminate in a way that felt a little less uh sorry but rapey yeah like this felt very sexual assaulty like i was like this doesn't feel right the at foot all on the door pushing her against a wall like 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 i guess if this is what they're going for then i i hope it's not but like i hope it's not them just being like she doesn't know what she wants but decker knows that she loves him too so he's just for like making it happen like yeah if that's what they're going for that's just like that's not it you know like that's just not the way to go about yeah um i i can't see the way to go about that is a little bit more consensual uh uh uh, oriented it's like uh maybe you don't aggressively slam the door and aggressively throw her against the wall but maybe you calmly ask like Hey, dead ass. <laughs> like <laughs> it makes it makes on? the whenever um at the very end when he comes back to her and he's like, "Do you love me?" "Yes, I love you." "Do you trust me?" "Yes, I trust you." It makes it like less impactful. Like uh you know like I don't know. I I didn't really like I, I didn't really feel the love basically, you know? Like uh I just kind of had I, to I, I, yeah. I'm curious if that's the point though. Like was it the point to be like He can only love, like, something he's in control of, basically, like. And I guess maybe it's just, I guess we're thinking of it as, like, human on human. He knows she's a replicant at this point and he's killed replicants his entire life you know so like i guess it makes sense that he wouldn't think like consent wouldn't matter here basically you know like yeah it's like, wrong God damn that's yeah, not like, quite the development you want from your protagonist at that point yeah like i don't know maybe this is like a final cut thing but if the final cuts the if that's the what you're I don't know. I don't know if the original was different anyway. I don't think it is. I think this is what they're going for and it's just executed poorly in my opinion. I think they just executed this very poorly. They had the right I think so too. They had the right intentions in mind, not with that scene, but like with the relationship and stuff. Um, it seemed like it. Like I was like act like it was what actively pulled me into the movie yeah. at a point. Like cuz I was kind of like, "All right, what are we doing here?" And then like they started talking a little bit and I was like, "Okay, I think I like Rachel and Deckard on screen together. They they got a good rapport." And then uh and then that happened and I was like, "Ah, what? The fuck? Why why go this direct like cuz it did like 
the tone of it was just wrong. Like they executed terribly, but I think they were going for something romantic and it just does not feel that way at all. Yeah. I don't, I hope I don't know how people can just skip over that. that. Yeah. I don't know how people could just skip over that. Like the fact that we're both saying the same thing though, like there's no way like, I don't know. I I can't, I I can't see this any other way. Like there's no part of me that's like, yeah, this was romantic. Like <laughs> yeah, it just it was it was hard to watch. I was like, "Oh god, damn. Come on." It was a bad look on Harrison Ford. And like that's just kind of how he like in his roles, like every one of his roles, he like, I don't know, but like Indiana Jones, it was done beautifully, like kind of done beautifully, like at the end, like with the, the whole like play nurse or whatever, like that's like, like that's how you do it. You know, you like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't, I'm trying to, defend well, and this. I, I, like, yeah, since, I since it is Harrison Ford, I think it's fun to kind of uh, compare and contrast roles. You know, we've got a few iconic roles here. Uh, with Han Solo and Indiana Jones and less iconic, but the movie itself is uh, more iconic with uh, Rick Deckard. Uh, I think it's interesting coming off Indiana Jones where he is, uh, you know, the one who is being chased uh, to see him being the one who is doing the chasing. And this one is interesting. You know, he's the bounty hunter. He's, He's the one after the other person while in Indiana Jones and in Star Wars as Han Solo. He's the one running away because he's the scoundrel. And in this, he's semi cop. Uh, it's a it's a it's a interesting light on him. And it was it was something that I didn't quite get for a while, like mm. that he was a bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. Thought he was like a detective. Yeah, I thought this was like a. Uh... I don't know. Is this like a? There are other Blade Runners, like I like we had that. I, he's the best of the best, you know. Yeah. So like, there's others like him. Out well, there, and I like, like that this is, is the classic action movie. Uh, I'm done. Mm. And they're like, we need you to come out of retirement. We need the best, and he's like, I won't do it. Work and then, <laughs> yeah, like, I'm done. Done. You're saying, uh. I have no choice. Like, uh, basically, you know, it, 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 it took nothing to get him back into it. Yeah. Like, no, I didn't. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe like that is on purpose. Like that scene. I don't know. Like maybe it's, I don't know. He is the, but we're supposed to, I don't know. We're supposed to like him. Like they're not, they're not trying to make us hate Deckard, you know? No, like, yeah, but I, I think they might be calling into que- – they're definitely calling into question his morality, though, like on multiple occasions. So it is reasonable to have those conversations about, like, whether he's making the right choices or not. Like, because, uh, you know, he is he is killing sentient bi- beings. Uh, like, retiring. he's not, like, retiring. He's retiring them. Yeah, that's, that's what they call it, to feel comfortable. <laughs> There's something I watched. Um, there was something I watched recently that was like uh, they they coded murder with retiring, and I was like, as soon as I saw this, I was like, oh, that influenced something I watched recently because mm-hmm. I couldn't remember what it was. Maybe I remember the Good Place having something that was called retirement. 
Mm. But uh, uh, it was like eternal suffering uh, in hell. But yeah, pe- like I'm reading people like people trying to explain this scene and it's like they're calling this like romantic and uh, like they're they're saying that like Rachel's in this state of existential crisis. She's overwhelmed with, you know, she's just figuring out she's a replicant. Um, uh, she's all she wants is to be human that's like what people are saying she wants to be human and this affection is too much for her it's um she's figuring out she's not human and then she's experiencing a very very human like emotion like love and that's why she runs away that makes perfect sense to me with this person's explanation like makes sense why she's running away i fully understand that yeah but like that's what they're focusing on is like why she runs away that's the easy part the part that is like under under question is why does Deckard act the way he does is uh yeah exactly and that's it's like not about what she aren't, does like people aren't uh i don't know this person is saying i wouldn't say it's misogynistic rather it's passionate and forbidden it's what we see as romantic and impulsive like I, this was in no way romantic like uh no it didn't feel like and they like played the music and they made the faces and like they said the words in some capacity, but it was like it just felt wrong. So like I just I just didn't like it. It it, it ultimately rubbed me the wrong way, and therefore it just kind of like tainted a little bit of this movie for me. Yeah. Uh, nevertheless, it was a visually stunning film. Uh, so I, I think this movie is just it's elevated to a point where you're told it's so good that anything bad that happens in the movie, you kind of push aside because of all of these like things you've been told about the movie. So people like, um, cause in, in my opinion, this movie wasn't all of that. Like the only thing it really excelled in for me was the visuals. Yeah. I was, uh, I was, I was, mildly disappointed with yeah. what I was watching. And like I go in with very low expectations uh for movies now. Like I I, <laughs> I do and I still was kind of disappointed. Um not saying this movie's bad. Like it, it is still like you know extraordinarily well made. Yeah, like it's just that like some things were executed a little weird and I, I think some story elements were lacking a little bit. Um but I I think it is a movie that is known to be good, so people suspend some of their critiques of it. And that is like, I scroll down a little bit more, and this is like what this person said. Like, um, they're basically saying it's crazy to them that people are overlooking this. Because it, he said, uh, like, people are basically saying, like, oh, she really wanted Deckard um, for herself, but she didn't realize it, so Deckard had to force herself on her. Um, and, and that's people, just like, not, that's just that, not justifiable. Like, yeah, that's like, not like a justification that's, that's, this, at all. Yeah. This person says you can use that way of thinking to justify a whole lot worse. Like, uh, like it's not a good way of thinking. Um, no. and like the idea of a woman not knowing what she wants, but a man has to force himself on her yeah. to show like that, that that's just not romantic and i i don't even like i'm curious if like in the 80s if this was even seen as romantic you know like 
this isn't like a time thing either. I don't think like, I guess it could be. Yeah. I don't, it it could be. I, I, people were just a lot more misogynistic back in the day. So just on the whole. Yeah. I, I, it, it could be a time thing. Um, but damn, bro. Yeah, I don't that know. It, yeah, it's just not a. I don't know. Didn't expect it to see like you don't want to see that out of Deckard. I guess if the idea is that they're going for it to be romantic and for story, I'm, you know, like I'm cool with the relationship. I like I the relationship is cool to me. Like the they're you know the yeah the replicant of. human maybe replicant mm-hmm. we don't know. But this, yeah, it just uh, kind of tainted the whole movie, honestly. Like, it took me out. Like, during the scene, it took me out. I'm like, whoa, like, this is just weird. And, yeah, I don't know. But I guess if I'm taking that out, like, I still, even taking that out, I still don't think, like, this is, like, uh, all that. Yeah. Visually, very beautiful. Um. Even the soundtrack was so was was cool. You know, it, it was. Oh, I liked the soundtrack uh, a lot. The soundtrack was very very nice to listen to, and I actually have been playing it the whole time we've mm-hmm. been talking about it. Here. Yeah, do I think that that's a very good thing that we should continue. It gets us like in the mood, like yeah, in right. the vibe of the universe. Uh, I guess that, that's what a soundtrack is supposed to do, and I think this one does it. Uh, it did pretty well. It it fit the vibe, um, that they were going for. To be certain, to be certain. But, uh, like, I'm trying to think, uh, I don't know, of any other part of the movie that, that I might be missing. How about the, uh, the product placement of the, uh, the modern Coke ad? Which, uh, uh, was clearly an updated, is what made me realize this movie's been cleaned up a lot since 1982. Uh, mm. The final cut was actually finalized in 2002. So it benefits from a lot of the technology probably developed by, you guessed it, <laughs> George Lucas during the creation of the prequel trilogy. Uh, so it's it's very interesting to kind of think about what this movie might have looked like in 1982 because, like, I've seen, I remember the old versions of Star Wars. Like, I knew somebody who had them, and I watched those. And even those are hard to remember what it looked like at some points because now I've seen the special editions so many fucking times mm-hmm. and the modern 4K cleanups and stuff. So, like, I can't even fucking... I, I have no frame of reference as to what the original Blade Runner might have looked like. It might be a completely different fucking movie. Uh, hmm. But it, it was it's visually stunning. Like, I was, I was blown away by the fact that this was a 1982 production and it became more clear whenever I looked up the final cut was created in 2002 i was like ah that makes more sense to me yeah like this uh i don't know i mean it's how many yeah i mean five years after star wars so like i feel like the it still would have looked good Oh, it still would have looked good. Like, and it was uh, was a year before Return of the Jedi, and if it had, if it had a similar budget, it certainly was going to look good. Uh, But even even Return of the Jedi and Empire have been cleaned up a lot by the special editions and stuff. 
Yeah, I don't uh I don't know, maybe I just have to watch it again or something, but I don't I didn't really get the hype. I'm not gonna lie to this. you. I don't think you do. Uh this is certainly one that I don't think I'm gonna revisit. Uh not a lot of enjoyment. Uh it was I mean, visually stunning. Like there are shots in this movie I absolutely loved. Uh, and in that regard, it was fantastic. But you got to keep me in it with the story. I got to like the protagonist, which can't say that I really did, which is hard to do with Harrison Ford mm-hmm. uh, because I love Harrison Ford. Uh, but this just wasn't the, the best light painted. Uh, he was painted in for me. Um, I think there were some good performances like acting. The acting was phenomenal. Like Harrison Ford did a really good job on the role and, uh, Sean, Sean Young did fantastic as Rachel. And, uh, who was, uh, who was R- Roy? Rutger Hauer. Rutger Hauer. H-A-U-E-R. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if that's how you pronounce Hauer, but yeah, that's what I'm gonna go with. But yeah, he, uh, he did fantastic too. Like there were there were several great performances in the movie. It's just like the story lacked so hard for me. And uh there have been movies that have executed on the uh making me think like and it like really intrigued me, but it didn't it didn't disappoint quite like this did, you know? Like uh Apocalypse Now made me think every bit as much as this movie made me think. Uh, and the story drew me in a hell of a lot more mm-hmm. than this movie would have. And I don't know if it's unfair to com- to compare that. Like, that's Francis guess, Ford Coppola's opus. And... Take the one scene that we're uncomfortable with in Blade Runner, like the, uh, the rapey scene, and you have a whole movie of that, or half a movie at least, in A Clockwork Orange. And I'm still coming out of that movie like, oh, this movie I still enjoyed. Um, like, the story was good enough to back up these awkward things on camera that are happening. Mm-hmm. Like, if this story was to the level of A Clockwork Orange, Apocalypse Now, you know, I I think we could have gotten past that scene a whole lot easier. Um but I, I just the story just wasn't there. Um, an interesting story. It's just I don't think they executed it well. Um, in my, yeah, it has. The, and I, like, it's another one that like has the bones. You know, like it could have yeah, the framework. Oh my god! Like, I hope I I hope Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Whenever I watch that, I oh, I'm absolutely gonna watch that. And see, that's another yeah. thing is that like the universe they've built is super cool. Like. And a credit credit to them for that. Like, I definitely felt like I was in their universe. They made it feel very real and very atmospheric. And I was uh, I was there, you know, like I believed Mm -hmm. it. Uh, And that's that's something that, you know, we've credited a lot of movies for, like Star Wars and uh, the 36th Chamber of Shaolin and uh, the Godfather and stuff like we it's important if you're building a world for me to feel like I'm there. And this movie did that for sure. Uh it it certainly did, uh, but again, it's just the the story. It's just not it's just not quite hitting the way it's supposed to. Yeah, this like people talk about this movie like that. It's like one of the greatest of all time. You know, like that's how people talk about it, and I just do not see it. Like, I don't either. It is and not. It's, yeah, it's not up there with the other movies that we've watched. And I'm like, not gonna lie to you. 
I'm kind of like excited that we have another one that we're not that high on because it doesn't make me feel like I'm entertained by literally anything because mm-hmm. uh, this movie like sci-fi I didn't, I didn't, AI like this is right I should have I should have yeah. loved it this is and right up my alley and yeah yeah I mean it it's like sad that we have a movie that we didn't enjoy but it is just kind of like nice having like a framework like yeah. you know like now I know for sure we're being fair whenever we're critical. Like it's I thought I was gonna love this movie. Like I was going in like I thought I was gonna love this movie. You know, I sure. was like just thinking like ahead like of what we're gonna talk about in the pod. Like I was like, Yeah, this this movie's probably gonna be pretty good. Like we talked about like the month of March. We're like, Yeah, this is a very good month. We have all these movies and we like and Blade Runner, like, yeah, this is gonna be good. And Blade Runners, I mean like and, and maybe the iconicism carried it a little bit in our, I, yeah. our our expectations of it. Uh and I will and like I don't want to completely discredit it again because like there are really good elements of this movie. The subtext the, the storytelling through subtext is something that's difficult to do and they did it on several occasions. It was just that some points it didn't it didn't come off quite clearly. Uh and maybe uh maybe I'm a dumbass or uh maybe uh maybe it was just a little bit incoherent at points. But uh yeah. Who's to say? <laughs> Who's to say? I don't think you're a dumbass. I uh oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah. Thanks, Def- buddy. Just a a weird movie. Weird. Good. Yeah. Good, but also bad at the same time. Not bad. But this is I, I will say, this average. is the first movie we've watched so far that I would be comfortable labeling overrated. I yeah, I'm there. This is this is overrated. Like it's heavily overrated. The fact that people can get through a rapey scene and just be like, "Yeah, it's beautiful romantic. It's a uh, l- look at the moment." You're you're too far in, you know, like uh, no, like it, and, it, it, you're you're too far in with the iconicism of the movie. Like And I'm not. curious if that is like a product of the time. Like is it like cuz I'm watching it in 2021 for the fir- or 2022 for the first time? Uh, I don't know, but these, at least people that are commenting, like these comments are recent. So like people are still watching this movie and are like, yeah, that scene's cool. Like. True, true. Uh, but I do think it's important, like. Definitely. If, a factor, if they yeah. watched it in 1982. True. Or if they even watched it in the 90s or early 2000s. Like it's like uh, we're probably we're probably of a different mind having watched it for the first time post like the me too movement and uh and and all all of that because i mean we're just a we pay a lot more attention to it as it always deserved a lot more attention uh but it it just it eked me i was like this because it immediately made me go ah fuck i don't like our protagonist and like this there are times where like a clockwork orange, I'm not really supposed to like our protagonist. I don't feel like Mm-mm. in this, I felt like I'm supposed to like our protagonist mm-hmm. and I don't really like our protagonist. Yeah. And that's yeah, a fail for me. I don't know. I think. Cause I, it didn't feel like they were going for anti-hero either. Like it. Yeah. It just felt weird. It just felt weird. Like I'm even trying to think of, 
like where where I enjoy this movie, like where I stand, like as a. And I and don't. You know, I think I think the problem is is that like I'm easy to entertain. So if you bore me, I had a rough time. You know what I'm saying? Like, and this movie at points, I was like, I don't like I I don't get on my phone when I watch the movies we're gonna talk about. I glanced at my phone every couple minutes watching Blade Runner. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like I was like, yeah, there were parts where I was genuinely bored. Like, I was just like, okay, like, a, like, move on, please. Like, get to something. Like, just show me anything. Like, I don't know. Like, there were just parts that it seemed like it was dragging for a while. And, yeah, I don't know. I, uh... And I, I will say, like... Overrated. Overhyped. And, but Harrison Ford is good as as this character. He does a really good job in the role. And, uh... It's just uh, I think I think it the fault falls on the writing side of things because the direction was pretty good. I uh, I thought mm-hmm. the it was beautiful visually and the acting was superb at points. Like it was just it had it like I said had all the bones, but like the story just was not there. Mm-hmm. Um. So let's get to the rating of this movie. I don't have much else to say about it. Yeah, I'm I'm ready. As uh, usually start with how we enjoy the movie. Usually that's like an easy one, you know, because it's usually, usually easy. But uh, this one, like, I'm hovering at that like three. Like two seems too low. Two seems too low, but like, like okay, I guess the framework we're working with here, if we're in this territory. How do you feel about MASH compared to this movie? Mm. It's about the same. No, I feel like I was in this one a little bit more. Um, I'd say so too. Like, take out the Rachel stuff. Um, like, everything else wasn't that bad, you know? Like, uh, the it was just parts. It was just kind of dull. Like, it just didn't surprise me a lot. I'd say it's about it, – I enjoyed this more than MASH. Okay, um, I'm with you there, uh, which is why I'm comfortable labeling it like a 3, 3.25, somewhere in that somewhere in that range. Because, I mean, like, I will say, again, like, visuals are extremely important for me when I'm watching a movie. So if, like, I can at least be looking at something pretty, that's awesome. Uh, and I'm going to at least enjoy it a little bit. And uh, this – absolutely blew me away visually so like i have to i have to be a little bit higher on it but i uh story apparently is very very important uh for me uh, as as it should be yeah i think you know that's what keeps you i think a three flat is more where i'm sitting i I don't think i can give it more than a three in my opinion i think it's i'm there with him it's definitely above like a 2.5 but I can't give it much more, I don't think. Um, All right. As a genre, as a sci-fi film. I'm willing to give it a little bit here. I'm willing to give it a little bit here. Because, like, the visuals are important for that category. Mm-hmm. And the visuals... The city, I'm, like, the sci-fi city. The sci-fi world. Yeah, they you killed know, that. Like, they killed the look of the city. Um, uh, even like little things like, uh, 
one of the replicants is taking a shower and they get out and dry their hair in like a sphere, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. thing. That was cool. You know, like the sci-fi aspects were really cool. The flying cars. Um, I liked, uh, and, and like the, the questions that were posed by the AI, like, I don't want to forget that, like that, like the, the questions and the philosophical conundrums this movie poses are a part of the point. And they did a really good job at posing those conundrums. It just kind of like felt like at points that felt like it should, it, they tried to make that a priority over the story mm-hmm. and they still didn't quite succeed at pushing it on us like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to think like, uh, this is not a five out of five. Like, uh, Oh no, definitely. not no. I, I think I four, three though. is three's too low. Yeah, I go four. Four sounds about right. Yeah, like we're it, they did well, but lacked in some areas. I'd say yeah, four, four works. Now as a film, because visually killed it, acting pretty much killed it. It's just the story. Soundtrack know? killed it. Like it has a lot of great elements. So like. It's it's still on the better side. Like it's not it's not a bad movie. It's just uh, there, it's lacking. There's how something... big of a part does the story weigh in a film? Though is the thing. Like pretty big, but I feel like it's half of the movie. You know, or more than half of the movie. I I tend to agree, but I do also think it varies depending on how good they did otherwise, and like. Visually, this is stunning. It is wonderful to look at. The performances are great. They did they did fantastic. The soundtrack is killer. Like that's those are great aspects of this film. Uh so I think it at least deserves a three point five to three point seven five. Okay. And I'd be willing to go up to four. Okay. Yeah, I feel uh basically Doing everything right, but just the story suffering feels like just a point off. Yeah, like a four. Like, uh, I think three, seven, five, maybe. I was thinking, I was thinking like, thinking of it like. Because an eight out of ten. If you you lack on the story, it it takes away one point. Like, I I don't know about that. It feels like it might take away a little bit more than a point. Uh, I'd say a. Three seven five or like a three. That's where I'm landing. That's where I'm landing for sure. That makes this a three five eight on average. Um, <sighs> it puts it barely above Taxi Driver. No um, shit. We liked this one more than Taxi Driver, huh? That makes a lot of sense. I feel like I did. I feel like that. Oh, I definitely did. I definitely did. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I, I def- it's just like. Man, I forgot that we that we just like were that low on Taxi Driver. I just like haven't thought about it that like at all since we did that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the Taxi Driver had an enjoyment of two and a half, and this one was a three. And I yeah, that makes sense. That makes, makes sense. sense. Um, yeah, it puts it as as like the uh, the third lowest movie now. I think Mash is number one, then Taxi Driver, and then yeah, and then Blade Runner. Yeah, I. I uh, overhyped overrated i think is what i will leave this movie with basically like that'll be summed up into like all my everything is summed up basically as it's kind of overrated and i'm with that i i certainly am 
uh, I don't have I don't have much else to build upon that with. And thus concludes the month of March. That is it. Uh, we yeah. had uh, Apocalypse Now, uh, The Shining, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, and Blade Runner, and that is seventy nine, eighty, eighty one, and eighty two. And uh, so let's 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 get a rundown of the, of the year of the of the month. I mean, uh, so what 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 was the month looking like for us? Seventy nine, starting with Apocalypse Now. How'd we feel on that? Apocalypse Now, we gave it a, a four point five seven at an average. Uh, mm. We said it was a four seven as a film, a four in enjoyment, and five as a genre, and uh, a four five Apocalypse Now. That that fits. Very good movie. The Shining. Uh, one of my personal favorites. We gave a four point seven seven. Uh, we gave it a four eight as a film, a four five as enjoyment, and a five out of five as a horror or thriller, mm. uh, which feels about right. Raiders of the Lost Dark ranked very highly, um, four point nine three tied with The Godfather, a four eight as a film, a five or a five one depending on how you're looking at it in enjoyment, and uh, a five. That's a genre as well. And then Blade Runner gave a 3.75 as a film, three of enjoyment, and a four for the genre, which averages out to 3.58. Still making this the most successful month by 0. .01. February oh, was 4.45. This was 4.46. God damn. So, so the, the weight that Apocalypse Now, The Shining, and Raiders carried was so great that Blade Runner couldn't quite knock it down far enough. Mm -hmm. uh, I love that. I love that for March. Love that for March. And uh, frankly, it feels right. You know, uh, this was top to bottom so far my favorite month, I'd say. Uh, very different movies, too. We had a very wide oh, variety of movies. War film, week, so. horror film, adventure film. <laughs> And then uh, sci-fi. Sci -fi. Yeah, this this like, was a, a very cool month. Um, I'd say, yeah, I mean, every every month every month has been fantastic. Like, these movies have just been awesome to watch. Oh, um, they've been banger after and, banger after yeah, every banger. It is just getting better and better and better. And maybe that's just because, like, our movie-watching skills are getting better and we're pulling out, like, I don't know, like, uh, more and more things. Um, like I'm watching movies very differently now. Um, before oh, I like before I started this project and where I am now, like I'm a very different movie watcher. Um, like No Way Home is a week away, week and a half, and uh, like Ooh, time travel moment. Like everyone's going into this movie, like oh my god, like I, I this is gonna be so freaking good. I can't, it's going to be the best movie ever. Like I, Andrew and Toby are going to be in there for the whole thing. You know, like I'm going in there. Like if Andrew and Toby show up, cool. Um, and, uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just going into it as like a movie. Like, obviously I'm excited. This is Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. I, I can't oh, yeah. hide that, but like, I don't know. I'm going in with like nothing, which is absolutely nothing. And, and, oh, I uh, think it's gonna be good though. I think it's gonna be good though. It's it, yeah. Little time Probably. capsule moment for uh, later on at the end of March for us whenever we go back and listen to this. Oh, that's uh, true. Yeah, um, uh, it is the last week of March right now. Um, technically, so yeah, the movie was fantastic. Actually, remembering back on it, looking back on it, yet 
Toby, whenever he came in, was awesome. I loved uh, Andrew, dude. Andrew's <laughs> classic. How uh, about how about Electro killing the Green Goblin? I couldn't believe whoa, that. Whoa, dude! Happened. Oh my god! Can you, can you? Oh, and they did the the little Spidey meme. You remember that part of the movie? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> how about <laughs> how about when when Peter Parker, Andrew Andrew Garfield, and Peter Parker, Tobey Maguire saw they they met they met Sylvie right and they were like wait you fell in love with Loki and they were like but isn't that a variant of you and he they were like yeah i guess and then they like looked at each other and they kissed on the mouth that was my favorite part of the that movie. was insane that that happened and uh yeah this movie they took a lot of risks um but it worked it worked for the movie it was fantastic and i can't wait um for for the next installment you know um spider-man Boy far or, two yeah or, oh that's right yeah um uh, because obviously at the end of the movie dr strange sent tom holland spider-man through a portal that led to his bowels so uh we have to wait uh two to six weeks until dr strange shits him out so uh let's <laughs> let's let's get on to uh what, what what we got on the docket next week 1983 and for the record i just want to clear it up uh, it's December seventh as of recording this. December seventh, twenty twenty one. Yeah, we have We're not really seen open. that movie. We Obviously, seen if you couldn't home. tell. Um, yeah, because yeah. you know what happened. Um, we have zero idea. So, if any of my predictions were correct, it, that movie was insane. Quite yeah, what film. what if like we were right, like for the first couple, and they were like, wow, like yeah, they. Yeah, they're having some pretty good takes on this movie, and then so, we get to. Well, I I start. I wanted to start as like maybe as possible, and then like get as outrageous as I could. So like I was like, when Electro killed Green Goblin, mm-hmm. like, and that that's gonna make someone who's seen the movie go, well, I don't, I don't Wait, think that. <laughs> did that happen? Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, like, what did if it, if that thing? if that does happen? That's wild. Um, that that is wild, and I I'm glad it's documented. If it if it does happen. But uh, 1983 is next on the docket, and I think this is one that uh, this is the first one where I'm like, maybe we don't have this set in stone. Scarface, uh, maybe Scarface, uh... 1983. As of right now, we plan on watching Scarface uh, for 1983. Uh, if that's if that is going to change, you'll find that on Twitter at Penny Bloom Pod. Uh, where we will keep you updated on what the potential. And you know what? Let's let's talk through it right now. Let's go to 1983 and see see what we could talk about. I know. Uh, I know. I went with Scarface, but the Outsiders. Man, I don't know if I'm ready to dive back into the mob thing yet. Mm. The uh, the Outsiders came out. Um, Scarface. Um, a Christmas Story. I guess if we want to get like a, a Christmas movie in here, Krima episode in. Um, National Lampoon's Vacation. For us. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Return of the Jedi came out this year. Um, oh. but <laughs> God damn it. Nah, I can't do it. I, can't I know. Do it. I know. Not but wouldn't uh... it be fun to do a Christmas Return of the Jedi live commentary? Oh, that'd be fun. That might just have to happen anyway. Uh, but let's let's keep working through it. Maybe that maybe 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 not on that. Yeah, not a lot of like Scarface is the highest uh, like critically rated movie of this year, like by 
pretty much a long shot. Every other thing, like rating on here, other than Return of the Jedi, is a, a lot lower. Okay, um, then you know what? You know what? Fuck it. Let's go Scarface. I am ready to get back into the mob thing. Let's do this shit. I think this Say is like... Say my little friend, motherfucker. This movie, out of every other movie that I'm looking at, like, this is the movie of the year. Um, Superman 3 came out. <laughs> I was Oct- mainly trying to maybe switch... What's that? Octopussy? Octopussy. Legendary Octopussy. Film. You've seen it? Mm-hmm. Wow. I, uh... Oh, it's a James Bond movie. It's a James Bond movie. Wow. I would have... I uh... mean, hold the phone. You trying to talk Octopussy for 1983? Really really throw a wrench into this thing? We've never done a James Bond film, but what if we just went ahead and did Octopussy? Like, deadass, like, I haven't seen it since I was, like, 11. So, like, it would be, like, wild to dive back into because I really don't remember shit about it besides being like, <laughs> Octopussy, Octopussy. But, uh... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, a James I'm, Bond film. I definitely, I like, that's one that we don't have on this 52-year list, and it's one that definitely had a lot of influence on a, on a lot of things. Uh, and I just think it would be hilarious if the James Bond movie we picked was Octopussy. Uh, sometimes yeah, like, you just gotta uh, throw a meme, you gotta throw Roger, a meme in there. Roger Moore as James Bond. I've never, uh, I've never seen his, his Bond before. Like, even Octopussy. heard of, like, his Bond. Uh, hey, I'm I'm down. I'm down to do <laughs> We're it. We're going bond with it. Here, let's see if uh let's see where we could uh, potentially watch that because that's also important. That was kind of watch why I didn't want to do Scarface. I was gonna have to go get a DVD. Mm. Octopussy, nineteen eighty three. Watch on Pluto TV. What is that? I do not have Pluto TV. Yep, gonna have to gonna go have to get that DVD too anyway. Hmm. Maybe we can, uh, I don't know, maybe we pick, like, maybe just having a James Bond movie on here is a good idea, but maybe we just go with a different James Bond A different Bond year movie. for a James um, Bond flick. I'm looking at those now. So, okay, we're not in the 60s. So we're already past the 80s. Okay, so in 80, let's see. Um, 83, there was another Bond movie released. I guess there's two in this year. Uh, Never Say Never Again. Um, another Bond movie that came out this year. Oh, okay. Um. With Sean Connery, now I'm a little mm, bit more intrigued. Mm-hmm. Um, in 87, The Living Daylights. Um, in 89, A License to Kill. That has a pretty high score. Eighty seven's another. Eighty seven's another one that is a little bit more open. The Living Daylights. So. Yeah, that that uh, received a pretty high seventy four percent on Rotten. Ooh, but Never Say Never Again is directed by Irvin Kershner, who directed Empire Strikes Back. Ooh. So Never Say Never Again might be our move. Let's see if this one can be watched. Uh, that's another one you got to rent or buy, but I think that one might be more worth it. Yeah, because this is Sean Connery's James Bond, and that's Sean like Connery's a, James Bond. I've heard of Sean Connery as James Bond, you know, like yeah, yeah. I'd, uh, 
I don't care. I don't care uh, where we go with this. I'm uh, I'm down to. All right, I'm down to clown. Never say no, never again. Here's the thing. I, I'm not a I'm not a big Bond guy, but I've heard nothing but good things. You know, people love James Bond. Uh, so if we're gonna if we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this right, and we're gonna go with never say never again. Uh, with Sean Connery's Bond. Wow, didn't think that was gonna how how this was gonna go, but <laughs> you know, sometimes you just got to do a Bond movie. And who knows? Maybe we'll watch the movie and just be like, maybe Scarface is better. Uh, that could still happen, you know. But uh, yeah, I'm, we're we're not I'd drawn like, to anything. This uh, it has a seventy percent on Rotten Tomato, which like they're pretty critical on Rotten Tomato. I you know like usually. So I mean, I'd say it can't be bad. It's Sean Connery as James Bond, you know, like right. Yeah, I'm uh. Unless you were hyped to watch Scarface, if you were hyped to watch Scarface, let's watch Scarface. I only know say hello to my little. That's all I know about that movie is say hello to my little friend. So. And it's Al Pacino. Yeah. Um, it's Al Pacino, though. <laughs> hey, this is this is your show. I'm just here for the hey, ride. Bruh. Hey, bruh. I'm. Uh, this is the creative process, and y'all are getting what would usually be on Patreon.com/slash Bloom right now. A little sneak preview of some of the some of the behind the scenes that goes on. Um. Shit, I was gonna look something up. I don't remember. I don't remember what it was. I mean, I'd say this, I mean, 83, we either go with a Bond, like the Bond, one of the two Bond movies, or Scarface. Like, I don't think there's any other options that we really have. Um, All right. Al Pacino, Michelle Pfeiffer, Stephen Bauer, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, Robert Loggia, Miriam, I don't know. 1980 Miami, determined Cuban immigrant takes over a drug cartel and succumbs to greed. Scarface sounds dope, bro. I haven't watched it in forever either. Maybe we find a different Bond film. Maybe yeah, we stay fuck with it. We're Scarface. doing Scarface. Sorry it, that like, for the last ten that minutes, big we, of a we, movie, yeah, yeah. Sorry that we 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 spent ten minutes of this uh, last the last 10 minutes here trying to just decide what the movie would be that we changed from Scarface to. And, uh, we ultimately landed again on Scarface. Uh, so thanks for wasting your time. Glad, glad you were here. Uh, we loved it. We loved every second of it. Uh, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, buddy. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Oh, always a pleasure to have you. This was 1982's Blade Runner. Ended up with a 3.57, correct? 8. 3.58. Damn, I was so close. But yeah, if you would, head to patreon.com slash where You'll find over 22 hours of exclusive content, uh, all for your enjoyment, uh, all exclusive to there. A bunch of artwork I've also made exclusive to there. Uh, go follow on Twitter at Penny Bloom Pod, where if I decide to have another on-air manic episode, uh, I'll I'll go ahead and tweet out whether we've changed it to a Bond movie or not. Uh, but nah, it's gonna be Scarface. I'm pretty confident it's gonna be Scarface. It's probably it's probably gonna be Scarface. Ninety percent Scarface. Ninety ninety percent Scarface. Yeah. And if you would uh, follow on. Uh, Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. 
And it's probably going to be Scarface. <laughs> you know, 